Today's reading is Romans 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which is from God. The authorities that exist have been appointed by God. Consequently, whoever resists authority is opposing what God has set in place, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will have his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not carry the sword in vain. He is God's servant, an agent of retribution to the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to authority, not only to avoid punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who devote themselves to their work. Pay everyone what you owe him, taxes to whom taxes are due. Revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. Be indebted to no one except to one another in love. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this one decree, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, understanding the occasion. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day has drawn near. So let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. This is God's Word. This chapter continued applying the theology of Romans 1-11 through 11 to the everyday lives of us Christians. The passage started by telling us that the government exists by God's appointment, according to verse 1, so we must obey whatever ruling authorities exist over us, according to verse 1a. After explaining the consequences of disobeying the government in verses 2 through 5, the Bible also commanded us to pay taxes and give respect to government officials over us. That's verses 6 and 7. Verses 8 through 10 reminded us of the importance of loving each other, even reminding us that this is a debt that we owe, according to verse 8, that we must continually pay. Finally, verses 11 through 14 urge us to wake up, that's verse 11b, and to live decently, that's verse 13a, because this age is quickly closing, that's verses 11 through 12. Specifically, we should stop living for immoral pleasures and instead clothe yourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. I once heard a message in college on that phrase, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, except that the message was from the King James Version, which says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. The preacher of that message made a compelling case for the kind of powerful living that came from putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I found myself throughout his message wondering, what does this mean? How do you put on Christ? At the very end of his message, he finally raised that question. So how do you do this? How do you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? He asked. I don't really know, is what he said, much to my great frustration. Now that I'm a much more experienced preacher, 
I'm glad that he at least asked the question. I'm sure many of my messages have ignored essential questions, though I try not to do that. It's very easy to do. Anyway, the preacher added, but I just try to pray every morning and ask the Lord to help me put on Christ. Now, if he meant that like a magic incantation, then his approach is off the mark. But I don't think that's what he meant. In fact, I think what he meant was somewhat in concert with what Paul meant in this passage. Putting on Christ, clothing yourself in him, is not a technique or a formula for spirituality. It's a metaphor for the entire Christian life. Putting on Christ means learning to live for Jesus Christ. It means learning to think of your life through God's eyes and doing what Christ would do in any given situation. The phrase, what would Jesus do, is not just a helpful question for difficult decision points in your life. It is what the Christian life is about. It's about restructuring your life as God in the flesh would live it if he had your family, your job, your bank account, your free time, and so on. This is what God is doing in all believers through the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and the challenging effects of other Christians in our lives. Whether you're aware of it or not, God is moving your life toward holiness through these influences, if you're a Christian. But if we can learn to consciously think about living each day for Christ as if it were him that were doing the living, that will help us do what is right in God's sight more often. And it will help us not to think about the and it will help us not to think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh, as verse 14b says. So that preacher's statement that he just prayed and asked the Lord to help him put on Christ was not a bad way to apply the message. It wasn't a great way to apply it, but it wasn't wrong. May the Lord help us apply it similarly as we live for him today. And by the way, the times in our lives when we're aware of our sins and weaknesses are part of the process of Christian growth too. They are how God shows us our need of Christ and his grace for forgiveness and for future growth. So think about how to put on Christ today. What would it mean if Jesus showed up to do your job? Think about that and then try to live it out in your life for the glory of God. And I'll see you next time. May God bless you.